from Leviticus 11, 39-47, found on pages 114 of the Bible. And if any animal which you may eat dies, whoever touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening, and whoever eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. And whoever carries the carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every swarming thing that swarms on the ground is detestable. It shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly and whatever goes on the paws, or whatever has many feet, any swarming thing that swarms on the ground, you shall not eat. For they are detestable. You shall not make yourselves detestable with any swarming thing that swarms and you shall not defile yourself of them and become unclean through them. For I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that falls on the ground. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall, therefore, be holy, for I am holy. This is the law about beast and bird and every living creature that moves through the waters and every creature that swarms on the ground, to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean, between the living creatures that may be eaten and the living creatures that may not be eaten. Thanks, Harry. Father, we do ask that you would be our teacher now. Help us to know you better through this word we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Out, damn spot, out, I say. Look, if you're anything like me, the last time you thought about Shakespeare was high school English, and that was some time ago. It, that line in Macbeth is a line that is known by many. Macbeth is a play all about politics, the way they used to do it back in Scotland. And that famous line comes from Acts, Act 5, Scene 1. Lady Macbeth has talked her husband into killing the king, and he's done it. She's the brains of the operation, and after the murder, she picks up one of the daggers and gets the blood on her hands, which from then on becomes a symbol, a symbol of her guilt. And by Act 5, Lady Macbeth is cracking up. She's walking in her sleep every night. She's babbling to herself. And they call in the doctor, who's standing in the corridor watching as Lady Macbeth tries to wash this invisible stain from her hands. And there's the famous line. She says, out, damn spot, out I say. And hour after hour, she stands, scrubbing at the sink. And it won't come out, because the spot is not really on her hand. 
It's on her heart. And she says, here's the smell of the blood still. All the perfumes of Arabia will not sweeten this little hand. And she's right. Because all the washing in the world won't, can't wash all the guilt of what she's done that's on her heart. Look, this morning we're looking in Leviticus, uh, part of the Bible that reminds us most about the holiness of God. Leviticus, which tells us how a holy God can live with unholy people. And, and so far, as we've been going along, we've seen that, look, uh, it's done with a tabernacle that actually provides a protective barrier between God and the people. And then the Lord has shown us that we need to come with sacrificial offerings, the ones he's specified. The Lord told us this through Moses. But even then, you still can't just rock into God's presence. You also need a mediator. God's approved high priest. Someone that will go before us in a proper way, represent us before God and introduce us to God. And so the Lord told Moses, take Aaron and his sons, and at the, tent, at the entrance to the tabernacle, consecrate them as priests. And chapter 10, verse 10, we get some instructions for the priests. Why don't you have a look at this? This becomes really quite important. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 10, following your Bibles. The priest is the needed one to be a mediator with the sacrifices, but the priest had this job as well. He's to teach and he's to distinguish. Chapter 10, verse 10. You are to distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean. And you are to teach the people of Israel all the statutes that the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. The priest has this screening role, a role of segregation. He's to screen out the unclean, to keep the unclean away from the holy, and to teach this to the people. And chapters 1 through 7, they teach us about atonement and forgiveness. You see those words go together quite often in those chapters. But chapters 11 through 15, teach us about atonement and cleansing. There's a change in the words here. And we need to see the difference. The first seven chapters are about forgiveness. These chapters are about being clean. Chapters 11 through 15 actually prepare us for the great act of cleansing which is in chapter 16. Chapter 16 is the day of atonement, but it's an atonement for cleansing. Look, uh, this morning we're going to see that for the people of Israel, 
that every day of their lives, and a bit like in the song, every move they make, they're going to be reminded in a symbolic way of what it means to be clean before a holy God. Look at Leviticus chapters 11 through 15 and some of the most tasteless chapters of the whole Bible. And it all has to do with clean and pure. What's unclean and what's impure. These chapters teach us about God and they teach us about ourselves. About what it means to be clean and pure before a holy God. You know, before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, everything was good. But now, now things have changed. So let's have a look over the subjects here. I want you. Let's have a look at chapter 11. You, you can just scan your eye down the chapter. And you see it's about clean and unclean food. It, it covers land animals. The animals that are in the water, all the water animals, the birds, the ground animals, the swarming things. If, you know, think about that. Doesn't that sound a bit like Genesis 1? It does, doesn't it? But here the kinds of creatures are designated as either clean or unclean. Back in Genesis 1, they were all and so maybe, maybe thinking a little bit about Genesis helps us understand what's going on in these chapters. Genesis chapter 12, regulations for childbirth. And maybe a comment on that command in Genesis to be fruitful and multiply. It was good back then, wasn't it? But here, here there's uncleanness in chapter 12. And how you can be clean again. How it can be turned around. Chapter 13. It sort of starts to get really tacky here. With regulations for sores and skin diseases. The nakedness of skin. Nakedness and the shame of the curse the curse that God brought, which will finally lead to death. Uncleanness of skin disease, which I'm going to say, any Max Factor Pure Skin Improving Foundation just can't touch. If you're in chapter 13, have a look at chapter 13, verse 47. Here you get the regulations for disease on your clothes. Remembering that the Lord clothed Adam and Eve after they sinned, but, but here they're corrupted too. And then more as you read on about shelter, the walls in your house, molded and mildew in your bathroom, so hard to get out, but clean and unclean. Now look, I have to admit that this is as exciting is watching the paint dry. And then chapter 14, it starts with the regulations for cleansing from infectious skin diseases. 
And then chapter 14, verse 33. I need to turn my page a little bit too. Goes on to talk about the cleansing of houses and diseases. And then chapter 15. You need a strong stomach for chapter 15. And more stuff. Bodily discharges. Blood. Pus, oozing sores. Oh, just. These chapters are all about what is clean and what is unclean. But do you also see that if you understand and think back to Genesis, you can actually start to make some sense of these chapters? So, so, so what is it? What is it that ties it all together? I mean, it's bad enough having to read this stuff. But imagine, imagine you actually had to live this day by day, year after year, learning the rules about what's clean and what's not. So really, what's the point? Now look, I'm going to say that our Seventh-day Adventist brothers have decided that this is all about hygiene and health. Look, the trouble is that that makes sense with some of the rules, but it doesn't with others. In fact, the words hygiene and health, they're not found in these chapters. The reason for these distinctions given by God is not health. God's working on something bigger. Can you see the bigger? It's at the end of chapter 11, verses 44 and 45. You get God's summary of what's really happening here. He gives his bigger picture. And you'll note, God doesn't mention health here. Have a look. Chapter 11, verse 44. For I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves therefore, and be holy. For I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. Verse 45. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. You see, see that? that? Not health, but holiness. To ignore these instructions makes the person unholy. And that's wrong. God wants you to be holy. These laws about what we need were to be a reminder that God has redeemed them from slavery in Egypt, redeemed them with a purpose to be holy. God graciously saves sinful and unclean people. These laws were to remind them of God's grace. Leviticus is God's acknowledgement, really, that all people are sinful, including all Israelites, that all creation has been affected, affected, I struggle over which is the right word, all creation has been affected by sin and groans under the curse. Do you remember Romans 8, Josh? 
talks about that. All creation grows. And that all people are in need of grace and forgiveness and cleansing. To be holy is to be separate from sin, evil, the corruption that's in this world. God is holy and we're called to be holy also. And so when we show, when we show that we're connected to the sin of this world, we show that we're unholy and unclean. Uncleanness is about the pollution of sin. And so, just as an example, that when you go searching for food, and you go searching for that bird that isn't really a pure bird, you know, a bird that eats meat instead of birds that eat meat, do that. You go searching for a vulture to We're showing that our heart is willing to search for impurity, willing to be polluted, We've gone searching for an unclean animal. And so we become unclean. But do you see, it really has to do with what's in our heart. Why would we search for the wrong thing? Why would we do that? And maybe it's a, it's a bit like Adam Don't eat the fruit of this tree. God, God decides what's right. Don't eat this. The day you eat this, you will surely die. But their hearts had other ideas. Or if we go searching for an animal that creeps on the ground, you know, we connect ourselves to the curse given to Satan. You know, he would eat the dust or the days of his life on the ground. And we're, we're showing that our hearts are not repulsed by the idea that we could, well, get something good from where Satan lives. We become polluted. But these rules are a, are a reminder of creation, purity, the serpent, sin, impurity, pollution, death. In the garden, where God chose what is good and what is wrong. These laws in chapter 11 remind us that God made a distinction between the animals, which reminds us that, well, God chose Israel and made a distinction between them and other people. The reasons for the distinction of the animals may not be clear to us. In a similar fashion, the reason why God chose Israel is not clear to us either. But he did choose them, and he lavished his love upon them. And God, with these symbols, he's teaching us about holy and sinful and clean and unclean. God is teaching about life with God and death because of the pollution of sin. God is teaching us about cleansing and restoring and grace. 
and his choice. In here, we actually learn that everything is divided into one of three categories. It's either unclean, clean, or holy. Your food, the people you mix with, the clothes you wore, even you, you yourself, all in life fits into one of those three categories. Unclean, clean, or holy. Now the other thing that is absolutely holy is God himself. And holy and unclean can't come into contact. Or the unclean is consumed, it's destroyed, it's killed, it dies. And so everything with a spot on it or a blemish on it, it's impure. It symbolizes uncleanness. And we see that, saw that with Vladimir there. It becomes a visible reminder of what sin is like. It's not about hygiene. It's about visible symbols of holiness. Symbols about where your heart is at. And the corruption of sin. Always stained by sin. What this says is that everything in life, your food, the people you mix with, the clothes you wear, and even you yourself, is affected by sin. The result of sin's corruption and uncleanness. Turn over to chapter 15. The whole lot is summed up here. Chapter 15. Have a look at verse 31. Here's the crunch. God says to Moses, this is the key. With all these ways to get unclean, here's what the people have got to learn. He says, thus you shall keep the people of Israel separate from their uncleanness, lest they die in their uncleanness by defiling my tabernacle that is in their hands. This is what it's all about. It's a verse, it's a circle, star, highlight. And, and remember, we saw this with Nadab and Abihu. And, and so what we're really being told is unauthorized fire is the only problem. In Leviticus chapters 11 through to 15, they spell out the other problems. God himself is living among the people of Israel, showing his glory and holiness with a glowing presence in their tabernacle. And if anyone brings their uncleanness into the presence of God, well, they're dead. So there's one lesson the people of Israel have to learn. It's that holiness and uncleanness don't miss. But God does want to be with his people. And God is hoping that his people want to be with him as well. So will I? Will you? Will you do what's needed so that you can be clean? Look, if you go through these five chapters, you get the word over and over again, unclean, 
a thing the lighting bed didn't understand. You know, sometimes we claim with little things like washings, small items are washed with water, major or important items are cleansed with large sacrifices. The point is all, whether small or great, all can be cleansed of sin. The unclean can become clean. But if you stay unclean, then you will die. The unclean cannot come in contact with God, the Holy One. And that's what God wants for him and his people to be together. So God has provided the way for the unclean to be made. We've got to see that before we start applying it to ourselves. We need to remember that Jesus is our high priest. Jesus is our permanent sacrifice. And I'm going to say that Jesus is the one who cleanses us. Israel are very, very good at playing the game of clean and unclean. But the problem was they lost sight of the real meaning of these symbols. And that's what Jesus loves to do. He loves to point out what the real meaning is. The Jews stuck to the letter of the law and they lost the substance. Quickly, Mark chapter 7. I'm running out of time. Here's a chapter where Jesus left ripped with the Jews. He says, You're hypocrites. You've lost sight of the reality. I want you to look down at verse 20. The guys in the back are calling the script. Look down at verse 20. He said, What comes out of a person is what divides him. For from within, out of the heart of a man comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, covetousness, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within, and they defile the person. Go to reality, is what Jesus said. With that, he really pronounced all food clean. And so, yes, you can have your bacon and eggs before you come to church. And, yes, if you really want to, you can eat various other things that I probably wouldn't eat. That was only meant to symbols. It was in your heart. Where is your heart? Look 
committed murder or adultery lately, lately. But even if you have, what about our grief? Are there any stains there? Envy. Any stains there? Unclean. 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 From right inside of us. Even the best of us. It's all there. How can the unclean people like that, people like us, approach the whole God? Approaching without being struck down on the spot, like Nahab and Baidu? Well, the answer is only with the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, who makes it possible for you to face God with every sin put aside. Every spot wide clean, every wrong cleansed. If Lady Bear had known that, she could have removed her spot. Let me pray. Father, <clears throat> help us. He's really our prayer. Father, we need help. Our hearts. And we are sorry, Father. Cleanse us, we pray. Have mercy on us, sinners. Through Christ, we pray that you would do this.